Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. Your host, as always, is Fred. Our desire is to encourage, exhort, and educate on biblical prayer through this podcast. The mission of the podcast is to help everyone God allows us to help achieve a growing, biblical, dynamic, and satisfying prayer life. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can reach us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. If you would like, you can make a positive review wherever you get your podcast. That would be appreciated. Welcome to today's episode of Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Welcome again to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Fred, and I do pray that you are having a wonderful morning, evening, or noon, whatever time you're listening to the podcast. And I did want to welcome you to part two, or yeah, part two of episode one in volume one on the Psalms Teach Prayer. I kind of said that last part more for me than for you, and we went over why this may sound different, why this introduction may sound different in part one of this series. But I just just want to remind you of that. I won't belabor it again here, but it may sound different going forward. They will sound better as far as the difference between each segment. But you're going to hear in Psalm 51 today that I, I actually didn't choose that at random. I did Psalm 33, I just jumped in, but when it came to the next section, I wanted to look specifically at confession because it is an intricate element of every long-form prayer we see in the Bible. And David is a moving example of a broken heart before God, which is what happens when we confess. Let's hear what heartfelt confession sounds like and the lesson and an example for us as we come to God when we have sinned. So we have from Psalm 33 just a ton of material that we could pray through and meditate on for for weeks at a time even if we were to just break it down and pray which is how we learn to pray through the Psalms. It gives us just our, our Psalms, our prayers should never be repetitive or boring or dull to us because we have such a great resource and such great psalms that you could jump anywhere into the psalms and find reasons to pray God, things to worship Him about, things to pray for. Now I do want to slow down a little bit because I would like you to be able to, if you want to follow along with your Bibles, to be able to get your Bibles. So I'm going to slow things down a little bit as well. But when We've seen God's loving kindness and we see that we can put our hope in Him. What very often comes to mind is our own foibles and our own weaknesses. And I just kind of want to cut away from any other euphemisms. Our sins. What about our sins? Because we know we have sins. We know our weaknesses. We know the sins that we have before God. The fear of death for all, for the king or the warrior, everybody is death and judgment and like I said we know our sins we know them better than anybody and we know that we cannot altogether shake them in our earthly lives so what about our moral defects 
do we pretend like we do not have any? There's no struggle at all? Or do we pretend that we can hide them from God? Obviously the answer is no, and which is one of the reasons I wanted to use Psalm 51. So if you w w need to go to Psalm 51, go ahead and turn there, because this is a great glimpse into confession, and especially to the to the confession of a believer who did terrible things but was a believer nonetheless and so we start with the first first six is first six verses in Psalm 51 where David says be gracious to me O God according to thy loving kindness according to the greatness of thy compassion blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and to cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against thee thee only have I sinned and done what is evil in thy sight so that thou art justified when thou dost speak and blameless when thou dost judge behold I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me behold Thou dost desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part thou wilt make me know wisdom. David comes right out, and he starts pouring his heart out before God. And the plea in verse 1 is for God's grace. Be gracious to me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. And it's not because we deserve it, but it's because of his loving kindness that we can call out. In, again in verse 3 we know our transgressions they're ever before us they're in front of us all the time we know our sins better than anyone else and in fact alluding to Spurgeon and this is not a quote but he said this in different ways at many times but he said don't get offended by what someone else thinks of you for you are much worse than that <laughs> And he's actually really right, isn't he? Our sins go deep. They go to our thoughts and our words and our intentions Sometimes that, that sometimes nobody else sees. But the wonderful thing is when we read against thee, the only have I sinned, that's verse 4 of Psalm 51, and done what is evil in thy sight, so that thou art justified when thou dost speak and blameless when thou dost judge, we are talking to God, our Savior. He is the one we've sinned against. He, we know the evil that we've done, and we know that he is just in his judgments. But he is also the one who saves. He's the one who came and died for us, and he paid for our sins, and he's the one who saves. And what he desires is truth before him. Not any kind of pretense, not any kind of trying to hide or mitigate what we've done. One of the great differences between Saul, the first king of Israel, and David is that when Saul was confronted with his sin, he made excuses and he tried to pretend like he obeyed when he didn't obey. He tried to pretend like he listened and he put it off on the people. When he was supposed to kill, I think it was um, supposed to kill Elimelech. Remember, he was supposed to go and judge that whole people and not leave anything alive. 
but he left the king alive for his own personal pride as a trophy and he and they took the best of the livestock with them and then when he was confronted by Samuel he said the people wanted to do this first he tried to say oh, I did what the Lord wanted me to do and that's where the when you talk about God's sense of humor where Samuel says what's that bleeding I hear in my ears right if you had done what you were supposed to do there wouldn't be any noise from the sheep. He, what he desires, what God desires from us, is truth before him. Verse 6, David says, Behold, thou dost desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part thou wilt make me know wisdom. He is our refuge. The judge is our refuge. He is our forgiveness. He paid for our sins. And what he wants from us is that truth from the inside out. And then David continues, Purify me, in verse 7, with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 8, Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from thy presence, and do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. And so now David understands his sins, and he calls out to be purified. As I have heard before, the hyssop is sort of a whip that's painful. But that's what he wants. He wants to be clean. He wants to be purified before God. He understands that the one who breaks our hearts over our sins, he's the one God is able to give us that clean heart. David longed for what God has given us. That is a new heart and a steadfast desire to do his will. Take a look at Romans 6 and 7 if you haven't ever looked into that. But God has given us a new heart, a clean heart. We are from the inside out different people. And he, God, is our joy and he's the one who can restore our joy through the forgiveness of our sins. We always want to be in that spot where we know our sins are forgiven and they're confessed. And our most essential supplication in our confession is for him to keep us close. That's our desire. We know we've sinned. We call out for forgiveness and we want that relationship to stay close or to be restored if it's been broken in judgment because of what we've done and maybe like David did for more than a year hide this sin or try to hide this sin. He could hide it from everyone but God. And then verse 13 through 19 we read David then says, Then I will teach transgressors the, thy ways, and sinners will be converted to thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of thy righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, that my mouth may declare thy praise. For thou dost not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. Thou art pleased with burnt thou art not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken, contrite spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. 
by thy favor do good to Zion, build the walls of Jerusalem, then thou wilt delight in righteous sacrifices, in burnt offering and the whole burnt offering. Then young bulls will be offered on thine altar. Again, powerful, wonderful words. Once we understand the depth of our sins against God, and we know that we've done evil before Him, and we don't try to hide it, we're open with Him, then we can glory in the forgiveness that we have. And once we understand that, we're able to teach and preach, and our witness has power. The mandate of the church is to witness to what God has done. And the very basics, the very place he started is the forgiveness of our sins and restoring to us the joy of salvation. And he's moved us from focuses of judgment to focuses of grace and mercy and forgiveness. And the, our mandate, the mandate from the church flows from our depth, our understanding of the profound depth of our sins and the profound depth of his forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. And again, he's our holy God and he forgives because of his care and love for us. Our deliverance from blood guiltness is the power of our personal testimony and the testimony to the, to the rest of the world. It's not the pretense that we're something special in and of ourselves. If we look back in Psalm 33, David was a mighty king and a mighty warrior. But the boast of his life wasn't in either of those things. It was knowing God and being forgiven by God. God knows, as we talked about even in the last po podcast, He knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. So what does He ask of us in reality? Not perfection and not pretension. But what he asks of us is in verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. That's what he asks of us. Not, again, perfection, because he knows we can't be in this life. He understands our frame. He understands we're but dust. That's why the way of Christ, the salvation of Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the new man, the new inner man was all given to us because he understands that. And even in that, because we're still in the flesh, we still struggle and we are open and laid bare again with him with whom we have to do. And our joyful tongue comes from the knowledge of our terrible sins, but his complete grace, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we learn to call out in prayer from a broken and contrite heart. And that's the best place to be. We talked about that a little bit in the last full podcast as well. Being broken, sweetly broken for him is a wonderful place to be. And then we see in verses 18 and 19, although put in Old Testament terms, but the truth is still there, that once we get that forgiveness, once we're in that place of restored fellowship with God, our lives and our worship then are worthy. They become meaningful because of what He has done in His work to pay for our sins and in His forgiveness of all our trespasses. God teaches us to be real and submissive to the truth. We see the depth of his character in being the God who loves righteousness. Remember back in Psalm 33, he loves justice, yet he hears the pleas of our sinful hearts 
and he forgives. He, the Father, is well pleased with the sacrifice of his Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And it's that love which drives us to be broken and contrite in heart. And he says he will never despise that brokenness and contriteness, not only here, but we have to look at John 6, 37. And Jesus is talking, and he says, All that the Father gives me shall come to me. And the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. And when we come to God with that broken and contrite heart, he is not going to cast us out. And that's our promise. That's our joy. And that's our hope that he will not cast us out. And we learn that first from our beloved David looking forward to the cross, even as we now look back at the cross. Glory to God in the highest for his salvation and for his goodness to us. I love the beautiful Psalm 51 because when we hear the plea of David to the holy God of the universe, we recognize the depths of sin, even through his eyes. But like David, we can say, my sin is ever before me. But out of that that depth, out of that despair, our good and heart-soothing news is that we are are broken and contrite before our loving and compassionate Savior. Our longing for forgiveness does not, in our brokenness, fall on deaf ears. But He hears, and He cares, and He heals all to His own glory and for our own good. Thank you, Jesus. The next time we're going to listen to some selected scriptures which further the idea of the Psalms teaching us how to pray. They give us a greater understanding of the depth of prayer and praise before God. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your soul and body and spirit be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. I read that a little bit out of order, which is okay. But until the next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Free Range Preacher. We hope you enjoyed it and will join us for our next broadcast coming up soon. For Fred and myself, this is Richard Durrington saying, make it a godly, fun-filled day.